0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Representation in Cinema. We talk about the representation of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people in movies. This podcast is hosted by Our Voices Project. Our goal is to dismantle destructive stereotypes of minority groups perpetuated in the media by producing films centered on the multifaceted experiences of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. Our Voices Project is also a committed community partner, providing opportunities to affirm racial and cultural identities, empowering students as agents of social change, and contributing to an individual's learning through cultivation of critical thinking. I'm Jackie McGriff, co-founder, director, and producer for the Our Voices Project, and joining me on today's podcast is Annalisa Rogers. Thanks for being here, Annalisa.
1: Hey, thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. And next up, making her second appearance on the podcast today is Rosa Vargas Cronin. You might recognize her from our podcast episode about the film Sugar, as well as the woman at the center of our documentary currently in production, Prieta. Welcome back, Rosa.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Prieta, the film that up until this point we've been referring to as the Dominican Dream, is the story of an Afro-Caribbean Roman woman. From the Dominican Republic, who rooted and emboldened by her ancestors, the enslaved Taino people, reveals her immigration story of hardship and her brazen attitude, moving her beyond survival but thriving in a society that consistently threatens her quality of life and existence. You can see a trailer to that film on our website at ourvoicesproject.com. All right, so now on to today's film. Wakanda Forever is the sequel to Black Panther that tells the story of the Wakanda royal family picking up the pieces felt after King T'Challa's death, a tribute in honor and memory of the late Chadwick Boseman. Queen Ramunda, Shuri M'Baku, Okoye, and the Dora Milaje fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers. As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together with Nakia and Everett Ross, to forge a new path for their beloved kingdom. The film stars Letitia Wright, Dominic Thorne, Angela Bassett, Denai Guerrero, Lapita Nyongo, Winston Duke, and Tanok uh, Huerta. Wakanda Forever is directed by Ryan Kugler. So, If you haven't watched the film already, you can watch it in theaters now, or if you're listening later on, I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus at some point. You can also rent the film, I'm sure, uh, watch it, and then come back to listen to our podcast. From here on out, we'll be discussing the film in depth, so spoilers ahead, and as always, you have been warned. All right, so everyone, what's one thing that immediately pops into your head that stood out to you the most?
2: Well, definitely the female and women empowerment was the first one that pops yeah. in my head. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I 100% agree with Rose on that. The women empowerment was, was really huge, but I think the funeral scene was also pretty powerful as well. Which one? <laughs> right. right. Which one indeed? I mean... Dag, that's all I can say. (laughs) They've got the funerals around for Uh,
2: sure.
0: Yeah, I oh my gosh, that first. So, when oh my god, where do we even get like the you already know, like you're going in, you're like, okay, at some point, I'm going to be just an absolute wreck because, of course, we lost Chadwick Boseman who is you know not only this incredible actor but also he meant and the character of black panther he put a lot into that role and he was a symbol to a lot of us in the black community and in the world at large um and so to lose him and then for this film to really be paying homage to him like that's a lot so we're already going into this em- like super emotional and then it's that scene and it's the the procession like so you have the family and those that are closest to him in the center and they're very you know they're they're grieving and then surrounded by them is like so people in the kingdom they're celebrating because it's the celebration of his life right and his legacy and so there's this you see this juxtaposition happening, you know, mm-hmm. where there's uh, there's grief and then there's happiness and celebration and, and, and joy, um, you know, for the life that he lived. Um, I, and I wanted to know, actually, so with that, again, already super heavy. Um, But, like, <laughs> with, with that, what was going through your mind when seeing that juxtaposition?
1: I, I think for me it was, like, it was looking at the whole – The whole picture, listening to the music, listening to the words people were saying, actually feeling them grieve because, Mm -hmm. you know, it really was Chadwick Boseman that they were actually really grieving. It wasn't just another Marvel character. Mm -hmm. It was, it's him. It's the loss of the character, Black Panther, and everything that that represented. Mm -hmm. But also the fact that it was a celebration, the fact that they were wearing white instead of, you know, what people would consider normal funerary, you know, styles of clothing. Mm -hmm. It was all white, and it was a celebration. It was considered more of a home going than it was actual funeral, which I
2: really deeply appreciated. Right,
1: absolutely. Mm -hmm.
2: And I feel like that's when they brought in a lot of the African influences Mm -hmm. because I, I know in Dominican Republic, in funerals, we do wear white, and we want to, you know, show that. Kind of ascension into the into their new home, or um, kind of just celebrating that person's life, mm. exactly, and, and the legacy that they left behind. So, I love that mm-hmm. that they really incorporated that African culture yeah. into um, into ce- the celebration of Chadwick Bozeman and and not just that, but then also, you know, like what's to come. You mm-hmm. know, that just a position, like that's. Yeah showing, you know, like, yes, it's sadness and saying goodbye, but Mm -hmm. also a celebration of what he's left and what we have to keep carrying, you Mm -hmm. know, what we have to keep.
1: And and piggybacking off Rosa, it was a transition. It is a transition. You know, you go from, you know, celebrating this life to, you know, figuring out well, you go through these steps where you're grieving and then it's like, okay, it's a renewal because it is mm-hmm. essentially yeah. a change for right. so many people and yeah. what they're going to do moving forward but still recognize and appreciate the life that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They did a great job with that. Absolutely.
0: Incredible job. Okay, so you guys were talking about, <laughs> you're like, which funeral? Um, Yeah, so the one at the beginning. And then did you, was were you as shocked as I was that queen like the queen like met her death like I don't know I was not I did not see that coming I don't know for any of you how was that and then do you feel like it was like you barely had time to kind of react to that or I don't know what were your thoughts about it
2: I was shocked to tell you the (laughs) truth I'm like okay I 100% agree (laughs) I was like you like Chad was leaving yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that
1: was shocking. I think, too, the other thing that was shocking to me is, like, you know, the way they made Angela Bassett look. Yeah. You know, they they tried to make her look aged with the white (laughs) hair and the white dreads, but it didn't really work out well. No. (laughs) No, but She's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. She really is. Like, I want to age gracefully like that. (laughs) She's 64. Stop it. I She's know.
0: sixty-four. Yeah, and know. I'm like, No <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: but, Like if I had her guns, my lord. Yes.
0: <laughs> right. And I was like Just one gun. Or just one I no, I got to, <laughs> <them
1: all. laughs> got to have them all. Got to them all. No, but it, it was actually really shocking. It was like it was weird in a sense because it was like we just barely had time to really grieve. Mm-hmm. the Black Panther mm-hmm. and his passing and yeah. then next thing you know it felt like five minutes in the movie they killed off Angela Bassett's <laughs> character and I'm like I'm barely grieving <laughs> I just got finished grieving the yeah. loss of Black Panther and now yeah. I'm grieving her and too and I'm kind right. of processing
2: still how she died or how oh. she was yeah.
0: cause she because you see like, so my second time watching is like really when I'm like really paying attention to things and I'm like okay well you see her with Riri and she's she's ascending up. So she's like swimming up. So I'm like, okay, everything's fine. And then the next scene is like them coming in and then trying to revive her. And I'm like, how, how did she not make it? I don't understand. <laughs> so that was a little, that seemed a little off. Well, to me. It,
1: it, I understood how that kind of happened. I mean, first of all, she's a mom. Mm-hmm. So as a mom, you're going to make sure that the yeah. kids behind you are going to make it first. And if right. she has to stand on the shoulders,
0: of Mm. the
1: queen to get out yeah okay i could see that happening but i could also see namor because of what his intentions was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in some way increasing the water level to a point where she would just drown and watching her and lettering her because of what his intention (laughs) was and where he was going with you know rulership of both wakanda Mm -hmm. and the oceans so I, i could see that i understood yes that was so
0: that scene that was cold-blooded. When he was like, when he was like, uh, bury your dead, mourn your losses, you're the queen now. I was like, what?
2: Dude. Oh my mm-hmm. God. I don't know about
1: you, Rosa. Yeah, but I have like something he didn't about even,
2: that. Yeah, he didn't even let her choose, you know, yeah. if she's ready or not. No, he he made it happen <laughs> for her. Um, in the worst possible way. You yeah. Know? Nobody wants that.
1: Well, I mean, and if you're looking at, the first ten minutes, twenty minutes mm-hmm. of the film where yeah. they're actually developing this relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and it seemed like it was going to go well and it was going to flow and that mm-hmm. maybe the two of them could, you know, bridge some gaps yes. between the two kingdoms. Right. And then he goes and does that and it was like, Well, there's no chance <laughs> And anywhere right. yeah. that there's going to be a relationship like that. Because you just killed my mom. Right. And yeah. you watched my mom die when you could have done something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cold.
2: Absolutely cold. It's <laughs> really cold.
1: And that's not because they live in the water either. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Fran and Thanks for that. I appreciate it.
0: Um Anytime we do puns on this uh, on podcast, I'm always... I welcome it. Um
1: I'm sorry they're very corny. I <laughs> apologize.
0: It's all right. I'm sure there's someone laughing not like laughing with you and on, on that no, one they're laughing they're, at me. It's, it's okay. okay. <laughs> they can do that.
1: Anyway. Okay. So So
0: um of course cuz there's so much to cover, but I really also too wanted to of course bring uh attention to what this podcast is about, which is about representation in cinema. And one of the ways that we talk about true representation is being able to be our full selves. Um, and I remember us talking about this, Rosa, a little bit after the movie. Um, But how did you feel about indigenous people being blue? And then also to like, them being underwater. Thoughts? Oh my
2: god. <laughs> it's like, okay, can you just put us in a hole somewhere? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I mean, I understand what they were trying to do with Mm -hmm. the Mayan people, and Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of their um, kingdoms and a lot of their structures were uh, on water, Mm -hmm. and they used water to their advantage Mm -hmm. and how they build their empires. But um, that's about it. That's (laughs) the only kind of association that I kind of see with blueness and water. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I kept going to like Avatar. I don't know. (laughs) It was just really confusing. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like if you're going to just try to represent a people like Mm -hmm. the Mayans or Aztecs Mm -hmm. or, you know, whichever one I, I, you know, they kind of went back and forth with uh, the symbolism. So Mm -hmm. it was interesting. It was hard to keep track, Mm -hmm. but if you're going to concentrate on an indigenous people, just, do them the service yeah. of, you know, identifying them and representing them correctly mm-hmm. as, you know, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So
0: the, the, so like the hand gesture or the greeting that, um, you know, Neymar is, or, or Cuckoo Khan. I've had that, that I've had that like in my head the entire time, like just the way M'Baku says it in the film, I was just <laughs> That was but that's an aside. Um, that's just another thing we can get into. But so the the hand gesture, the the greeting that he gives his people, uh so apparently those were on um like like wall drawings and, and everything like that, um, you know, as part of that culture, which okay. I thought was really cool. cool. There's also other representation in the film as well that I wanted to draw attention to. So of course, so <clears throat> um to not and uh, please tell me if I'm butchering this. I practiced so many times mm-hmm. and still, c- for whatever reason, couldn't get it. The actor who plays Neymar, um, so Tenoch Huerta, um, okay, so Rosa's nodding her head. Yes,
2: um, so he so you don't pronounce the H. So it's Huerta,
0: Huerta. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. See, we're learning things here, <laughs> learning things here. Yes, because I want to do the actors do justice or due diligence. Um, so he actually learned. So I believe it's, um. You could So, Yucatec Maya, for that, that's what they, okay. It's one of 32 languages in the uh, Mayan family. So, that's actually what they're speaking throughout the film, which I thought was, actually, I thought was awesome. So did I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're, they're adding that in. Um, and it's, again, talking about like full representation of a people. Um, then we also have, we already know that Shuri is this genius, you know, this brilliant. Uh, person who is a scientist and does a lot of the, you know, develops a lot of the technology and everything. I mean, that's what the thing she was trying to do with trying to save her brother. Um, That's what she used to develop the suit. I mean, she does a whole bunch of stuff, but it's also, now there's this other person in the mix. So Riri, who was introduced to us, who is also known as Ironheart, which we'll, of course, see later on, like in other um, Marvel films. She, I mean, she goes to to MIT she is people are paying her to like do their to their homework assignments because she's so brilliant she's built this um vibranium detector you know it's why Neymar is going after her um but it's like we also how many times I mean can you can you recollect especially in media where we're seeing black women in tech right like Mm -hmm. so there's that representation um, and I thought that was great. Um, I mean, we're also seeing like all the forms of representation, so Haitian representation as well. Mm-hmm. So um, when um, Nakia goes to Haiti, you know the the depictions that we get of Haiti—that was beautiful. Yes, mm-hmm. like yeah. it's, and
2: it's even more beautiful in real life.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but we don't
1: often get to see that side, right, of Haiti. Yeah, did you have more thoughts on that? Well, and yeah. it, it, it's just sad because usually when people talk about the Haitian people, what they're actually really focusing on mm-hmm. is the poverty, mm-hmm. the unrest, the civic unrest. Yeah. They're talking about the government, and they're talking about those issues. They're not talking about the people. They're mm-hmm. not talking about how the people thrive. Yeah. They elude they basically through what they show through the poverty pieces, the, the civil unrest that, you know, this is what black people look like on an island if they should happen to have an island of their own they're going to you know it's it's not going to be good period it's not good so Mm -hmm. the fact that they focused on the beauty the scenery of the the water the people being healthy and happy the education system Mm -hmm. in and of itself talking about people being educated to me that was amazing because that's not a side of Haiti that you often see, right you see the crime, you see the you see all the miserable pieces, but you don't see the good pieces. so I deeply appreciated the fact that they added that right. into this piece of the film yeah. right because it's well, what you they see
2: what they want you to see yes, I mean you know Haiti is a very important country because it was. They were the first enslaved African people that mm-hmm. revolted against mm-hmm. their enslavers and was successful. And were successful, <laughs> so you better believe they made sure that that never happened again.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, incredible. Um. So, getting back to, um, United that hearings, the United Nations <laughs> hearing. Uh huh. Um. Seriously, for me, one of the more like badass moments. Um, of the film I mean the whole thing is but like that in particular I was just like I just need a few more like watchings of like that specific scene because it's just amazing so Queen Ramonda says the following you perform civility here but we know what you whisper in your halls of leadership and in your military facilities
2: thoughts when you
0: immediately heard that
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. you want to hit that one first (laughs) that was a good one especially when they showed them like oh just being ready (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that was that was an awesome scene i love that yeah
1: i was like go girl you (laughs) tear
2: them apart yeah but i think
1: that for me it's like people think that people are stupid yeah. They don't they under they vastly underestimate, underestimate a person's yeah. ability to understand and see what's going on. They very much treat and I kind of feel like in some way even though Wakanda's supposed to be a superpower, yeah. I still think that in some way they treated it like it was a nascent. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And so you're not supposed to see that very we're going to try colonialism, yeah. which right. I think is a major theme. Yeah. But It it was like, hey, you're not going to, you're not going to see what's coming. I mean, it's just going to be like all the other types of oppressive things that Mm -hmm. we've done in the past. You're not going to see what's coming. Oh, wait, you saw what's coming. Mm -hmm. And not only did you see what's coming, you brought our guys here, Mm -hmm. made them kneel before you, Mm -hmm. which was an ultra power move. Oh my gosh. And then said, I see you. Mm -hmm. You, She said, I see you. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was something. Yes. That was something. Absolutely. There's the other thing too.
0: And this was like a reoccurring theme throughout is that Wakanda is like the most technologically advanced country in the world. And they still look at them as primitive. Mm -hmm. Like there's Mm -hmm. that thing they touch on so many times throughout the movie. And in that scene, because she's talking about, and it, it got my, like it, I was recalling when hearing the, the, the French delegate, when she was talking about how, you know, taking care of, like making sure you're, like, you're taking care of your resources. Otherwise, like it might, you know, you may handle it wrong or, you know, it's you, you, with it you can develop um, weapons of mass destruction. And I was thinking about, all of these countries trying to get back their artifacts from the British Museum. Oh, yes.
2: Mm-hmm. And how
0: the number one excuse is that, well, you don't know how to take care of them. As if there isn't like. <laughs> as it, as you if took like, it from exactly us. Exactly. Like you stole <laughs> this from us. Like it was with us. It was fine with us. It was okay. It was doing all right. We're and then you came it. along and you, and, and you ripped it from us.
1: Well, and it still bothers me. That, that actually really deeply resonated because I'm thinking to myself, what about all the times you freaking pillaged mm. the diamond mines? And you still Say do. It. Still pillaging. But we don't know how to take care of those resources. No. But you're pillaging and you're pitting people against each other, causing war and destabilization yes. so that you can continue to plunder. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. Okay. Most technologically advanced in the world, but still you don't know anything. Okay, cool. You're just a nascent country who hasn't really had dealings with people like us and we're just so advanced culturally and educationally that we could just like do whatever we're gonna do. (sighs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Let me get off my let me get off my little (laughs) Okay. It's all good. Annalisa,
0: seriously. (laughs) Seriously. No. Speak what you say what you need to say. Honestly. That's me to do that. (laughs) i'm Um,
2: saying i'm just saving up money to move to nigeria seriously mm -hmm. that's the plan
0: that sounds awesome (laughs) i think you messaged that to me and i was like that sounds like a great idea um yeah for sure um okay so thinking back to um well posts that i've seen that i very much agree with about like black panther and so far this franchise having top tier villains Um, when we talk about Killmonger and when we talk about Namor, do you think that they are on the, uh, they are two sides of the same coin?
2: Mm, That was a hard one. (laughs) I think that was like the first thing we talked about Mm -hmm. after the movie. Just that, again, that symbolism of the, you know, I guess Hispanic people, right? And, And I just really don't, I don't know. It makes me feel a same way still, mm. you know, like yeah. that. It's almost like making it OK. Like, OK, we're showing it, you know, on cinema, but it's OK for black and brown people to feud and, mm. you know, to fight each other and, you know, to be um, an opponent and opposing sides. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not, you know, and it's just propagating that whole mentality that, you know, to separate us instead mm-hmm. of, you know, coming together and, and joining. Um, so that I'm a little, mm-hmm. I feel a certain way about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I also felt a certain way about it, but at the same time, I kind of appreciated it because one, it was bringing light to an issue amongst the two communities. Not, it's not that we're not aware of it. We are aware of it but we, no one's really done much about it, mm. you know. And it, it, when things like that happen, it almost feels like colonialists are intentionally playing on that divisiveness to continue to do what they need to do to get whatever it is they're trying to get, resources, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what I fail to understand is why communities, Hispanic communities or Latinx communities, I'm not even sure what the appropriate word is anymore. I'm sorry. So please forgive me. And and then African-American people or black people, Mm -hmm. because for African-Americans, I mean, there's also so many different terms about that that (laughs) (laughs) as well. So, uh, you know, I, I don't understand why we continue to let that sort of divisiveness thrive. You know, because when you're looking at colonialism, they did the same things to each of us because it worked. Mm-hmm. And why is it that we have not been able to overcome that divisiveness and do something different?
2: I know it's weird. It's when I lived in in the Bronx. You better believe we had Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Jamaicans, Haitians, Nigerians. We were all up in there, you know, doing our thing. We were friends. We were family. Mm-hmm. It was a union. It was a community. Uh, Monroe County is a whole different, it's definitely set of worms. a different beast. It's it is definitely. not. I mean, they have done the work here to divide and conquer,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and they've
2: been successful.
1: Yeah, they really have, and it really is up for us, up to us to do something different. So that's going to be my PC, PSA for the day. <laughs> we need to do something different, people. All of I us. I mean, together. we don't have to.
2: You know. Run to their narrative. We don't have to walk to. absolutely, No.
0: For sure. Do you think those two villains are the same? Like in
2: a way they're. I think they tried to make them the same. I think they tried to align their, um, you know, their interests some way. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think there's two distinct and separate goals. Mm-hmm. That they were tra- that they're trying to achieve, but the methodology to get there mm-hmm. may have been the same. Yeah, 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 for mm-hmm. sure. No, I,
0: mm-hmm. I I would agree with that too. The methodology, because mm-hmm. I just kept thinking back to it, because I remember, and of course, there's, there's always discourse, and I remember getting into debates with people about like whether Killmonger was right, because um, I was like, okay, we're not like I. I, I wouldn't side, I wouldn't necessarily side with Kilmonger, though I can see why, like I can see the reason why,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, he he did what he did, and the same with Namora. I can see why he did what he did to, you know, to a point, um, but I don't know if I necessarily would agree with the methodology, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So.
2: Yeah, like the intent, you know, you can understand that, yeah. Yeah. how they went about it.
0: Okay. So I don't know if y'all are like me where you, I also, so for, for movies, I'm usually paying attention to the score as well. Um, and I wanted to play a clip from, um, Wakanda forever. Of course, um, the song that's so still the title of the song is actually Wakanda forever. And it is the main theme for when Shuri, and you know comes in, and she is the Black Panther. Um, so I wanted to get your reaction to that, and I'll play a small clip here.
2: it's yeah <laughs> it's not a thought <laughs> so i think for me
1: it was interesting mm-hmm. because before that there were some things that was happening with her mm-hmm. you know yeah. and you really weren't quite sure which way mm-hmm. sure was gonna go mm-hmm. So, when you heard the music, yes, my heart, I, I felt a little trepidation, I yes. think, because I was like, yeah. I'm not entirely sure if Shuri's going to be a good guy yeah, or a bad guy.
0: And I think that's what, I think, so uh, Ludwig uh, Gorenson is the composer mm-hmm. um, for this, uh, and he, if you listen to his other work, it's incredible. I think that was the exact point, because exactly. it is a combination, so if you go back and you listen to the original. So if you listen to the whole song, like that whole song, and then if you listen back to the main theme from Black Panther, and then you listen to Killmonger's theme, it's like a mix right. of the two. Right. And so when you, because when I, I was doing the same thing, like when I heard that, I was like, okay, which way is she like going? Like, is she going to go the Killmonger way? Is she going to be more like her brother? And you know, like she, she doesn't want to, be like him because of course there's you know there's dialogue and you you're hearing all of this stuff from her and and all of the like everything within her you know that's like fighting you know one another you know that side or that side and everything like that and so when I hear her this I was like number one this sounds like badass and like the scene of it she's dropping in you know you know and Jabari and I'm just like oh my god this is amazing but then I'm also like wait
2: hang on what is she going to what do? What's happening right. here? There's a lot of turmoil. You can feel it. Right. And then the, the, the music definitely, mm-hmm. you know, brings you up to that, like, yeah. the edge of your seat. Like, yeah. okay, what's going to happen? It really
1: built up on your excitement, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you really wasn't sure. Again, you yeah. really weren't sure where she was going to go. Yeah. And no. I don't even and think it was towards like the end that I still knew so exactly where she was going <laughs> right. to go with all of that. Exactly. You know? But, you know, wow. That was... The score, yeah. awesome.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, any any funny moments
1: that stood out to you?
0: Because, I mean, I feel like there were several.
1: Man, I think my favorite <laughs> part is when, uh, <laughs> when they, she calls him the colonizer. Yes! That, that to me, is <laughs> always going to strike me as hilarious <laughs> that somebody is bold enough <laughs> and has enough balls to call a colonizer a colonizer. Yes. I mean, come on
2: oh my gosh. god it's hilarious i'm sorry my i just loved that cute baby little chadwin bozeman when he came out oh, at the end oh, oh yeah god. i know it's a huge spoiler but
0: no i mean this is <laughs> all i warned them i warned them you beforehand, beforehand. Them. so there you go
2: but that was like yeah. my oh the, <laughs> no,
1: it was exciting.
2: oh my god you know, I just, I just those oh my god out. those jigs <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Why
0: are you apologizing? On this podcast, we get to do what we want. Okay. It's fine.
1: I'm whatever I want. And I'm not
0: gonna apologize for it. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Um <laughs> I think in any time I hear it or anyone reference this point, so when in Baku like to Okoye is like, You bald headed demon. And I'm just
2: like, What in oh the God, world? That was
1: hilarious. <laughs> That was freaking
0: hilarious yeah, so to good. me. Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, funny. really? He was so good. By the Absolutely. way, Baku, um, also known as Winston Duke, is actually a former Rochesterian. What? Went to school at Brighton High School. Get out. Yeah. That's so awesome. So that's some local. Rochester roots. represents. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay. Uh, some other things uh, that I wanted to get into here. Um. Okay. So, do you think that the the movie and Marvel I think has this problem in general, but do you think that this movie was at all like queer baiting? Because there is like so. There's the couple. There's um, Anika and Ao. So you see towards the end, like they're obviously together, but then like the dynamic between shuri and riri do you think that like again like you would say wakanda forever is kind of guilty of queer baiting or what are your thoughts
1: okay so i have one thing with Mm aniko and io Mm -hmm. that caught me off guard yeah because at no other point Mm -hmm. did they ever discuss that right as something that was occurring Mm -hmm. and so when you get towards the end you still didn't see any of that until you got to almost the very end. So yeah. it felt very forced mm. and very unnatural to me. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, we're just going to, you know, we, we threw a lot of this in. Yeah. We, we had black people in here. Right. We're going to check right. the, we box checked the box for yeah. warriors. <laughs> we're going to check the box for this. And oh, oh yeah, 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 we forgot. One. <laughs> we, forgot <laughs> we forgot queer. <laughs> we forgot queer. Let's add the queer factor. Oh my God. So freaking amazing. <laughs> and And so in that, I'm like, disappointed yeah. because if yeah. you're going to make that into a story, you should have took more time to mm-hmm. build that storyline mm-hmm. right. way before you got to the end of the oh, movie yeah. where you couldn't even explore yes. that as an option or an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It, it it just felt very forced. Yeah. And with Shuri and um, Riri. Riri, to me, that wasn't really, I don't think that's what that was to me yeah. at least. Yeah. To me, that was more like a mentor mentee type relationship. Okay. You know, because they're both in tech, mm-hmm. they're both appreciative of each other's brain. Mm-hmm. Um, they pushed each other yeah. to kind of do things a little bit differently. So I felt like well, it was more of a mentor mentee type thing. <laughs> Could it have been something else? Sure, mm-hmm. but they did. They needed to do a lot more work to build that storyline yeah. as a possibility. Versus, you know, hey, let's, let's do a little subtle this, a little subtle of that, because you really didn't know exactly what it was. Mm.
2: It yeah. was something though. <laughs> Just a yeah, little. I don't know. I felt it more like a sister bond oh, okay. with them because yeah. you know the mom gave her life for her and all. I don't know <laughs> that whole thing, but um, no, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it definitely yeah. seemed forced. I feel like for a lot of the characters in the movie, especially you know what they wanted to consider queer characters mm-hmm. um it wasn't developed enough and they should have spent the time to really develop mm-hmm. those relationships yeah. so you know they could be meaningful yeah it could have been a really interesting meaningful yeah you know storyline right
0: because then now this person now they both have something more like to lose mm-hmm. right if you build that up throughout the mm-hmm. story Oh shoot! Is you know is one of them going to die? You know all these different things you could bring that into the mix, and then of course then it establishes it more. The thing is, is like they built it outside of the movie because there were all these articles that are talking about Mm. there's a queer couple in it. Ooh, like you know, like here it is, Mm -hmm. but it's not. It's only ever talked about at length outside of the film, and Mm -hmm. inside the film, it's like all of a sudden, oh, here here they are, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, Like I. I knew it going in, but of course, like, no, that's not, not everyone's going to be paying attention to that. You should develop it within the film while we have people in the theater. Yeah. And
2: even if they wanted to go like the, you know, like spirit flames, or if they wanted mm -hmm. to go like the more indigenous route, like, you know, because back in the days there weren't like wife and husband Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. like relationships were different Mm -hmm. and they actually made communities more bonded and Mm -hmm. more you know, feel together mm-hmm. because everybody loved each other and, yeah. and they would give their life for you. So,
1: yeah. Well, I'm going to add to that and I'm going to say something that people might not appreciate, but mm. I think the way that they developed that quote-unquote storyline, because I'm going to, for a lack of better words, because to me it wasn't a storyline, mm. it felt disrespectful. Mm. You know, to me it was like, okay, we're just going to throw this in here to say that, okay, black love and mm-hmm. it happens to be black love between two women,
2: mm-hmm.
1: without developing the story, without understanding how those relationships evolved, without even talking more about queer love, mm-hmm. I think was very much disrespectful to the queer community. Yeah. So, I mean, it was great that they tried. <laughs> they should have did a little better job, yeah. though. They oh, yeah. certainly should have done a better job of that. Of course. Absolutely.
0: Um, okay, so there was... Something that we were talking about, um, Annalisa, before, about an opinion that someone had about emasculation. This is for all of the Marvel bros, by the way. Anyway.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Emasculation. Okay.
1: (laughs) First of all, I'm going to read the definition of what emasculation is. Emasculate means to deprive a man of his role or identity, to make weaker or less effective. You know, so people have been talking about whether or not Wakanda Forever has successfully emasculated the black man by not giving him a stronger role within the film, by allowing a group of female warriors do most of the fighting because of the way Shuri Mm -hmm. talked to her advisors they had a problem with that saying that she, that the movie totally emasculated black men. So (laughs) my thought and answer is, is, where were all these people when we were talking, looking at films like Tina Turner talking about toxic masculinity? Mm -hmm. Why weren't we talking about, you know, things like that? But we we have this film here where it's showing strong black women. Mm -hmm. And also it's also kind of reflective of what some women's reality is that you have to be stronger. You have to be able to overcome. You have to achieve. You have to be able to take care of your family. You have to be able to do those things, Mm -hmm. but to, put your whole thought of emasculation into this first of all it's a, it's a marvel comic people <laughs> it's a comic get over yourselves second of all again it is some people's reality but third you know it's just i think it's just utterly ridiculous yeah
2: i wonder who's saying this too like well i it, could tell you, you know, but i don't, don't, don't want to give voice to I these people I no guess oh well yeah
1: no, that's i don't want to give voice to them there you go
2: I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. It seems very white supremacy mindset to me, right. you know, yeah. to always have the man, well, the white man. But in this case, there weren't any white men. So I guess.
1: I mean, there was Everett Ross, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing of it is, though, is that there are tons of thriving matriarchal yes. societies out yes. there. Yes, mm. I mean, we've got the BriBri in Costa Rica. We got the Moja in Kenya. Um, we've got the Khan of Ghana, mm-hmm. those are matriarchal societies. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. I mean, even at best, if this was, I can't even say that because that's not what it was. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it's a film mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, I don't feel like it emasculated men at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it showed the strength of women, the mm-hmm. empowerment of women, which, mm-hmm. you know, because of where we have been as a society and mm-hmm. always kind of kept under mm-hmm. to actually elevate women yeah. was actually a really good thing.
2: And not just, you know, women of color, women of color. Important. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We I haven't mean, been given, you know, no. And that to me anything. was representation <laughs> as well. <laughs> yes. right,
1: Rosa? I mean, it's representation. Yes. It's black women representation. We can be strong. We can thrive. We mm. do strive. We are strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even with that, like, This film
0: also showed us, like, in a safe space, being able to exhume all of these different emotions, right? Because we're not just showing strength, we're also showing grief, we're also showing anger, we're we're also also showing beauty, we're showing kindness. Yes. So it's like a full range of emotions, and like that so often in society we're not allowed to be that or we again get stuck with the black women the strong black women trope right mm-hmm. and i was like no i am someone strong who is don't call me strong like i <laughs> like you don't want to be angry whole, though right oh yeah exactly you don't want to be angry either that's, the whole, oh, no. that's a whole other a whole other thing but that's the thing is like in this movie we were allowed to like be they, they were allowed to fully be themselves yeah it felt yeah. more authentic yeah Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see, any standout performances or um, in particular, I think what I've seen at least across like different conversations and everything like that is that they are actually looking at um this movie as um a potential contender for Oscars and not only just in like technical categories, but also with Angela Bassett with her performance thoughts on that oh my
2: god if she doesn't get something some <laughs> award for this i think she's like one of the women of color that has never had uh, an oscar which yeah. is insane yeah if you think about her her filmography her work. like yeah
0: well, yeah so many roles her
2: body of work is incredible it and really is she was yeah. she definitely deserves an oscar for this performance mm-hmm. she was amazing yeah but I always still think hurt, she's amazing. She? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. Don't, don't do it. I don't know. cry. I'm don't try cry. Not to.
1: <laughs> she'll come back as the spirit. Oh, well, I know, she. Right? Did she did it for like a, like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. She'll be back. Yeah, she'll come back and advise Shuri. There you go. Yeah. Oh my God. That's still rough. I'm still trying to. <laughs> I'm trying mm-hmm. to
0: get over that one. Oh my God. Was um. Okay, so for you, Annalisa, was your theater like super quiet that first, like, there was like, for the, so for the funeral procession, and then when they went to that Marvel logo with just Chadwick Boseman, like honoring him, was your theater, when you went to go see it, was it
1: completely silent? No. You nope. heard a lot of sniffling, a lot of <laughs> tears. <laughs> really? People blowing their noses. you heard a lot of that when when uh they were playing that the first few minutes i didn't hear i didn't hear anything no no it was like focus
0: you could hear a pin drop (laughs) Mm -hmm. like that's how quiet it was Mm -hmm. like i felt like i was back in the theater watching um I think it was like, I saw when I saw a quiet place, like, cause the whole point of that movie is like, you're supposed to be quiet and everyone like, you can't hear anything. It's like, but it was like, a, of course, like a different kind of silence. I didn't hear, I was expecting to hear like all the sniffles and stuff. and I didn't hear a single thing. So that's interesting.
1: Well, maybe it was me crying. I don't know. <laughs> it's a very distinct possibility. I was listening to myself freaking tear up and cry. But.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> oh man. Um, any other thoughts
1: for this film? No, Do you want people yeah. to walk away from or wiggle, know, walk away with? You know, one of the things that I think that caught my attention was when Shuri found the ability to recreate um, the the orb. Yeah. To. I mean, to me, there was like, when she did that and she was sitting there planting, first of all, I don't know if any of you guys noticed, but did you notice it was heart-shaped? Yes. Mm-hmm. It yes. was heart-shaped, one. But two, it was like, unbeknownst to her, mm-hmm. she was going to be able to assist the next Black Panther into assuming... Yeah. a and claiming his role as the Black Panther, which was her nephew, who she didn't even know existed at that point. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to me, that was, like, really powerful. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. you, we do things sometimes and not understand the full effect of what it can be or what exactly. it will be. And the fact that she, almost in some form of faith, mm-hmm. you know, put mm-hmm. this heart shape or back into the earth and was building on a legacy that she didn't even know was going to exist. That to me was powerful. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: absolutely, absolutely. Ugh. I really enjoyed all the. I mean, even though it could have been developed more, I liked all the um, indigenous representation and and definitely more representation of like African culture and mm-hmm. what that really looks like. Um, yeah. It was beautiful. The yeah. cin- cinematography was just. God, it was amazing. Oh my gosh, yes. I was in constant awe.
0: So so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i i really enjoyed this one um i'm still kind of recovering from it because that was a lot that was a lot and i saw it twice and i'm like oh my god like i didn't i didn't expect it to affect me as much the second time but it really did because then you notice more things like Mm -hmm. killmonger's whole line about referring to black Americans as the lost tribe. Yes, that, got that, that got me. That was something. That got me. I was something. like, and here come the tears once again. Like, I was like, uh, what? Because that's an entirely, that's a whole other discourse about, absolutely, you know, being disconnected, right, from Africa mm-hmm. and whether or not we're considered, you know, part of that diaspora, which we are, but like there's this whole mindset that we're not really yeah Mm -hmm. there's a disconnect for sure yeah
2: Yeah. so that got me yeah (laughs) yeah but we have to try to keep you know not letting that be a barrier to to connecting to our african roots Mm -hmm. because they're so interesting yeah (laughs) absolutely yes let's
0: keep learning keep growing learning about those roots getting that full representation um, in cinema. Well, I want to thank both of you again for being on the podcast. This was an amazing conversation. Thank y'all so much.
1: thank Thank you for the invite I really appreciate you I love doing these Yes, absolutely
0: we'll have to have you both back again of course (laughs) okay and then to our listeners thank you so much for your support of our voices project and our representation in cinema podcast you can find us on YouTube Facebook Instagram and Twitter and at www.ourvoicesproject.com for more information about what we do you can sign up for our newsletter there too to be the first to get notifications about podcast episodes and new projects you can listen to this episode and others under Representation in Cinema on any of the platforms listed on our website at ourvoicesproject.com slash podcast. This has been Jackie McGriff, your host for the ep- this episode of Representation in Cinema of Our Voices Project. Thank you again for listening. This episode of Representation in Cinema was recorded at the Food About Town studio and brought to you by Curate Meals. Curate makes it easy to experience and support the wide range of Rochester's diverse restaurants. You order a meal that feeds two people for $35 and all you have to do is pick it up at Three Heads Brewing. They even pick a beer that goes best with the food that day. Go to curatemeals.com and order for upcoming events on Wednesday, November 30th and December 14th. Thanks again to Curate for sponsoring this episode.